This episode is brought to you by our friends at Ricks. Ricks is an Australian lifestyle brand founded with a mission to transform the eyewear industry by creating carefully crafted eyewear that inspires confidence. Everybody should be able to enjoy a touch of luxury and the confidence it brings. See the world differently today. Head online now at rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Righto, let's get into the show. Well, Spendy, welcome to Tommy Talks. Thank you for having me, Tommy Shares. I'm thrilled to be here. For everyone out there listening or watching, we're very lucky. You've just flown in from Sydney, the greatest nutritionist in the world, <laughs> if you're calling by me. But um, yeah, I really appreciate you getting to Melbourne and jumping on the podcast. It's something different. We've done a lot of athletes. Um, and you know what? I think you're my first female guest, which is fantastic. There we go. Because I've been copying it from a few people. When are you going to get a female on? Well, I've been thinking about, you know, who will it be? It is an American sports type it is a sports club. So uh, it's great to see that you're our first female guest. Happy to represent. Thank you for having me on. I know. Now, anyone that doesn't know, me and Spendy go way back at the Giants. I was injured a lot, so I'd come into your office and ask you a thousand questions on the day, just the ones that I wanted the answers to. <laughs> but since finishing footy, I've just noticed how many people ask me questions about nutrition and especially sports nutrition. And there's a little bit of a link with training as well. I think majority of the people know how to get to the gym and exercise, but it's that next step, that that nutrition where they really let themselves down and they wonder why they can't get to that next step with uh, whatever their goals are. So yeah, I'm very excited to drop something later with you that we've got a little announcement. But um, yeah, first of all, I mean, the reason I wanted to do a podcast with you was just to get your background on your industry and how you get involved and all the sports you've been involved with. How do you... I mean, how do you do it? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a pretty amazing ride, and I think I didn't probably stop and look back and think, "Oh my goodness, this is what I've done." Only when and only when COVID hit. So, yeah, as mentioned, like I'm a qualification wise an advanced sports dietitian. So, um, basically, to be a sports dietitian, if you want to work with athletes, you have to go to university. It's generally two degrees these days, so it's five years. And then you need to go on and do even further study. So you need to then do a sports dietitian. It's a four-day course. I think they've changed it. It's a bit more like of an online program now, but you have to meet qualification to even, you know, have the opportunity. Um, you know, for me, like I was always sports nutrition was the was the vibe, was the vision. I was, you know, very active child and adolescent had no idea what I was doing. I was very underfueled. I was a swimmer. Went and saw a sports dietitian and it was like, I love food. I love people. I love travel. I love athletes. This is what I want to do. So, you know, fast forward five years at uni, extra studies, a few years in a hospital. And that whole time, you know, the first three years when I was out working in a hospital, it was like, how do I get into sport? Who do I need to know? Who do I need to network with? Who do I need to intern for? And that was really kind of what like led to that first contract at the Sharks, which was in 2013. So I am a Sydney gal. There's a lot more NRL teams in Sydney. So the Cronulla Sharks were my first team, um, ended up being there for eight seasons. So that was that was pretty, uh, pretty incredible, pretty interesting, very different, very different people. Um, not good or bad, just different. And then, yeah, end of that year, the opportunity at the Giants popped up. So... I remember meeting Gubby and uh, Lambo at the old uh, country club. 
And uh, the interview happened there and, yeah, I got like a one-day-a-week role. But um, obviously when I met you it was full-time so it really kind of, you know, progressed quite a lot. Eight years with the Giants was amazing. Um, probably not meant to have favourites but, you know, my time at the Giants was definitely very much a career highlight. But, um, yeah, while that all kind of happened, Sydney Kings, you know, five seasons with them, the Western Sydney Wanderers, a couple of seasons there. Giants netball, so this probably sounds like a lot of male sport, and there has been, but there's been um, a season with the AFLW and also five seasons with the Giants netball um, and a season with the the uh, Waratahs as well. So I don't think I've missed one. It's been it's basically been all sports but cricket. Nothing against cricket, just I don't know, didn't happen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but I mean, to your question, how did I get into it? So there's the study component, there's the the connection and the networking component, there was the volunteering and the interning. It's probably like any profession that's really like sought after. You need to have the qualifications, have the drive, be persistent. Um, and it does probably require some free work to, to really get in because it's kind of one of those jobs – um, it's an amazing job, but it's not necessarily like a high paying job, especially when you start with. So you need to do it for the love and um, you meet amazing people along the way. But yeah, don't know if that answers the question, but I think it kind of pieces it all, all, all together in some way, shape or form. No, nah, it's great. You've literally nailed that question, just so you know. I think that's fantastic for everyone out there listening, um, you know, to be involved in so many different sports with so many different bodies and shapes and goals and so, you know what I mean? It's it's great because when we get to what we're going to drop later on, we're not talking to just one audience. We're talking to a fair chunk of the, um, you know, the population. When when you were, um, let's go back to let's go back before we get into all these sporting mm. codes that you work with, right? So you're 18 years old and you went to uni for five years. Yeah. So I did three years of an undergrad, mm-hmm. and then at the end of that, I was like, I'm over this. I want to go and work and earn some money. So then I actually took a year off and I worked at Weight Watchers for a year in customer service. And six months into that, I was like, what are you doing? You always wanted to do this. You're pretty driven, like pretty academic, sporty type of student. No offense to, you know, customer service at Weight Watchers, but it was kind of like, this is not for me. So (laughs) (laughs) um, probably had other priorities. Like I was 21, going out, living my best 21-year-old life. And uh, yeah, six months into that, I remember I think I applied for some other role, which, you know, from an academic sense was way overqualified for, but didn't have the experience and I didn't get it. And then that was the penny dropping. It was like, right, back to uni you go, off to do your two more years of your master's and um, and yeah, and then progress on from there. That's great. And when you got the gig to, I guess, help out at, a, at the Sharks, what were you doing at the start compared to you know obviously we, I've seen you got your you got a team of four when you when you're humming so were you one of those you know what do you call them interns interns that are yeah. just cutting up the fruit and the, putting the muesli and putting all the snacks together is that what you were doing early days? I remember at the Sharks, so it was off the back of the scandal. So it was after what was the scandal? I'm not sure what it was. The similar to Essendon. Okay, yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, so. Similar, just, yeah. In, so it's off the back of that. So like, we need to get, we need to clean all this up. We need to get you in yeah. and a few other things in. Yep. I was very, you know, and, and I mean, most sports, but particularly NRL, like from a funding point of view and, and, you know, there's always like, there's always funds for things, which I guess are of high priority, but, you know, I think nutrition is starting to be of more priority in the professional sporting sense, but, you know, it's, it's kind of often seen as a nicety rather than a necessity, but yeah, it was essentially off the back of that. Like, oh, we need to, we need to get someone in and, um, it 
came from a recommendation. So a lady that was basically my mentor and I did a lot of like learning and free work for, she put my name forward. And um, yeah, I remember walking in, I think it was, you know, the head coach and there was like one, you know what the Giants were like in the performance department. There was kind of one guy wearing all of the shirts in the performance department. And I think it was like, you know, a $3,000 contract. It was basically come in, do skin folds, see players if they want to be seen and just like, we're not going to force anything on them, but you, you'll you be there for the if and the when it's needed. But to be honest, it was a lot of skin folds. Um, everything that you were exposed to at the Giants, the food, the supplements, that beast of a program, which was amazing to kind of run. Um, NRL, there was nothing like that going on there at the time. Yeah. yeah, it was a beast of a program and I miss it so much. I used to walk in, be such an elite operator. I think we used to complain sometimes. We wouldn't take all the vitamins and all the things you'd give us. Is that what it, is that how you become more successful, I guess, with a bigger budget from the club to then allow you and your department to do what you want to do? Because without the budget, you don't really get to put all those snacks and all those options on the table. You can be creative. Like I think, you know, the thing that I've loved across – all of those teams, like they were all differing like service levels and budget. And it's kind of like, what are your big rocks? What are your priorities? And how do you show value? And you know me, I, I love a bit of a negotiation and a bit of a hustle. So it might be talking to local cafes who often, you know, love sporting teams or whatever and, and seeing what can be done. It might be getting players to contribute or pay for the food because they'd be doing it anyway. But if you could kind of, you know, negotiate with people to give them more. So yeah, there was so many different ways to go about it, but I think in the professional sports sense, there's so much of the telling, but if you can do and provide and, you know, control the environment, which is another way of educating, that's how you get the biggest kind of improvement because it's, as you know, you're in at the club pre-season at 7am, you're out the door at 4pm and yes, you know, you can pack the food and bring it, but when there's so much training going going on, if it's one less thing and it's just there and it's provided it just makes it so much more efficient and effective. Just on that, you spoke about if you've got a budget, you've got to get creative and you you know, you know prioritise what's important. What is important at a at a sporting club for you? If you've got you know the medium-sized budget, so not the large one, what are you prioritising that budget going towards? So starting at the foundation, like the food is definitely the priority over the, the supplements. So it's like can we provide something that's going to support the fueling and support the recovery? Um, that's where you would definitely start. And then often there might be sponsorships involved. So, you know, again, that's where that maybe happy medium comes in. You can kind of get the, the sponsorship guys involved and see what kind of deals they can do as well as having conversations with, you know, those local kind of providers yourself. But food first always. If you think about it, you know, we eat – five, six times a day, AFL player in a preseason could be even more, six, seven, eight. So yeah, you need to start with the food and what's available there. What food are we talking? Let's break it down for the listeners. We're gonna get into you know, we're gonna get into the the finer details of things with our little exciting announcement coming later on. But what food are we fueling? What are you talking about? So if we're talking breakfast, you know, we want those whole grain carbohydrates like oats, good quality breads, fruit as well can sit in there. We also want our proteins like our eggs or our Greek yogurts. We maybe want some smoked salmon. Um, if we're talking colours, which I'm big on, so you'll probably hear me touch on that quite a lot, but it's our fruits and our veggies, which look, they're not going to necessarily provide the fuel for you to go out on the track. Like they do provide some carbohydrates, but that's about 
a professional athlete being a healthy person. And if they're healthy and they're, they're getting enough of all of the different types of foods, there's reduced risk of injury, reduced risk of illness. So that's kind of that global aspect of health. And then we want our healthy fats, which are like our anti-inflammatory. So smoked salmon, avocado, extra virgin olive oil, big on that, love that. So we when they arrive, we want that breakfast to go. And then leading out to the track, you know, there would be these more fast digesting carbohydrates. So fruit cut up, dried fruit, um, you know, we'd have lollies at times, gels, um, pretzels, rice crackers. It's I'm digging back into the memory. It's been the a archives. while since <laughs> digging back into the archives, but those types of things, yeah. Now, the reason that we're on, honestly talking is because I guess I'm not in the system anymore and I'm, I'm now the average Joe and, you know, man of the people. Let's say we're not at a footy club or a sporting, you know, sporting club. Are these the same meals that we should be consuming before work when we have a workout? I mean, you just mentioned, you know, I want everyone to visualize this. As you said, we've had breakfast. We've probably had a few team meetings. We've done, you know, well, you know, warmed our bodies up so we can go out there and train. So we've done a little bit of, um, we used to call it AMP, a bit of mobility, you know, whatever it is. And then we'd go out to the track and you'd offer all those little snacks. Are they the things that we should be avoiding in the, in the real world? Because it's because we're not going to go out there and run 15Ks like a pre-season? Or are you still saying, no, no, have those little snaps before you work out? There's definitely principles that apply. So, you know, if you're training for performance, so if you're like, I want to get fitter, I want to get faster, I want to get stronger, you need to be eating before you go to training. So if you're an early morning, you know, if you're a tradie and you're going to the gym in the morning and then you're off to work, ideally you want to get something in, even if it's small, like a banana or a yogurt or something you can just grab and have. And then afterwards you want something prepped. So it might be like an overnight oats, really popular, might be a smoothie that you've made. I love to talk about like deconstructed yogurt bowls, which is basically like Greek yogurt, a muesli bar, and maybe like a piece of fruit, which essentially, you know, you can imagine it's a it's a nice yogurt bowl with muesli and fruit, but you're just grabbing and going. So yeah, the golden rule, if you're training for performance, you need to train with fuel on board. It doesn't mean maybe having lollies before your gym or your uh, whatever session that you're doing. We want to look at maybe other options, but if you're an AFL player, even if that's, you know, recreational and pre-season training, a couple of hours, you know, if that's something easy for you to take on before you train, 150%, you should be doing that. It's mm, great. Mm. So let's, I love the tradie. We'll start with that, you know, that person, the tradie. Let's go. Big shout out to my mate, Benny Mack. He's, <laughs> a, he's, he's actually signed up to your program, just on your program. What is your program? So we're going to touch on it later, but just drop it now so we can get people just to put the feelers out there, your little taste tester. So I have two. So there's my premium coaching programs. You can work with me one-on-one. You kind of commit to that for a period of time. Or I've also gone out and, you know, I want to spread the message of what I've learned from all of this experience. And I've got a program called Eat Like the Elite. So it's all about harnessing performance nutrition and learning how to apply it to your life. So whether that's for sport or just feeling your best. And so that's like an online membership program. So two options, something for everyone. I love it. And the reason I dropped the great man, Benny Mack, he has signed up to the program. He reached out to me and said, what do you think? I said, mate, if you're going to look after yourself, you've got to sign up. He signed up and he's loving it. Just so you know, he, he's obsessed with it. He's, he's a real elite operator. Um, and the reason I mentioned him, he's a tradie. So he's a sparky. He gets up really early and he goes to the gym and then he's at, on the tools all, all day till about three. Talk to me about what he should be eating in the morning. So because of what he was training for, performance, going to the gym, 
it was having something before he went just to kickstart it. So ideally, if you can get a little bit of carbs and protein just with his goal, well, so yogurt, uh, glass of milk even, but, you know, yogurt or milk are generally two pretty easy ones to get down. Um, but look, if that's like, oh, can't fathom having that at like 4.35 o'clock, even just a piece of fruit just to have something. So banana, first thing. Banana, yep. Glass of water. Glass of water. Hydration is important, yeah, but if you can get a, even a little bit of juice or, again, milk, like I would go for the milk because you get the carbs, the protein, and the fluids there. Beautiful. So, so okay. coffee, love that. Okay, so he's woken up. Coffee and a banana. Coffee, banana, heads to the gym, an hour workout, amazing workout, strength program, a little bit of hit. Post that. He's about to, you know, have a shower, get ready, has to, you know, fuel up for the day and also mm. – Put the uh, put the nutrition in the rig so it recovers and rebuilds. What are we eating in that slot? So something I've really seen is commonly people go, oh, "I'm going to have a protein shake," which that that's fine, that can work. But it's like, what are you having with that? Often it's a protein shake and water. So within thirty or sixty minutes after a session, you want that protein. So you know, if you want to go with a shake option, or again, we've got our dairy, our milk, and our yogurt, or our soy milk, or our eggs. Um, but again, some of these kind of popular ones are that kind of deconstructed yogurt, like it's literally a pouch, a bar, and a piece of fruit. Or maybe we've prepped like an overnight oats where we've maybe even mixed some protein powder and some milk together, soaked the oats in that, topped it with a bit of fruit, bang, easy, very nutritious, gives you everything that you need. That's so, enough fuel for the day to start the morning, sorry? To start the morning, yeah. Beautiful. So Regular top-ups though across the day. So we'll stick with Benny Boy. He'll be loving this. He'll be listening, no <laughs> doubt. And I wanted to use him because- case study. See, the little case study we're <laughs> putting forward here and we'll put some more case studies with other people and their lifestyles. But he's now gone to work. So he's had that. He's freshened up. He's off to work. They might have smoko, you know, at mm. what time? 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Yeah. What should he be having in that little period? Yeah, so we go again there. So it, it can either be an early lunch or it can be a snack. So often we get someone like, you know, Benny Mac, he's trained early. So Smoko at 10, he's been awake for six hours. So, you know, if you're starving there, I often encourage a lot of people to bring lunch forward. Or again, we have this kind of double lunch situation. So might be some leftovers, might be a sandwich or a wrap, might be the old tuna rice and, you know, maybe adding some some salad or some veggies to it. Um, yeah, there's a few different options there. Beautiful, beautiful. And that is enough fuel to get to what time in the day now? So back to work for the great man. How much more energy until you need to eat another meal? Someone like this with really high energy output should be eating about every three hours, no more than four. So, you know, I think that's something to have in the back of your mind because what can often happen is we train, we get something in because we're not super hungry after and then we get to the end like lunchtime and then we're just starving for the rest of the day. So I guess what we're talking about here is like front footing the day just so it's a little bit more of an even spread and that that starvation and those sugar cravings and that just ravenous hunger at the back end of the day is more controlled. So we've had our deconstructed yogurt, we've had our sandwich, then maybe around that one, two o'clock just depending on when they get a break again it's something similar to what we've had at lunch. So whether it's the same, whether we've had a sandwich there and we've got leftovers, whether we're doing like the tuna rice combo, um, it needs to still have a good amount of protein, which is 20 grams or more, whole grain carbohydrates. So our rice cup, our bread, we need some colors and we want some healthy fats to complete it. So yeah, that's what we're looking at there. And obviously hydration throughout. Totally. Yeah. Hydration, definitely. Right. So we're about halfway. Mm. Okay. So I've seen the great man after work, he's knackered, but he goes to footy training that night, right? For example, anyone else out there that's a tradie goes to any sporting, you know, training. So 
they finish work at 2.30, 3 o'clock because they're up so early. Then what? They've got to wait till training about six, call it six, right? Between that time, what are we doing? Are we not eating as much now? We're still loading. Like what are we? No, I mean the one thing, and I know when we get to talking about it, we're going to dive into it a lot more, but one thing that I talk to a lot of people about, professional athletes, Benny Mac, everyone in between, is what I call the fueling framework. So four hours out from a session, minus obviously if we're training at 5 a.m., I'm not talking – not talking about getting up at 1am and forcing something down, but our afternoon training people, evening training, ideally four hours before that session, you want to have that meal. So if we're thinking it's a six o'clock, he's had his second break at two, we get that, you know, say we get the uh, the leftovers in there. Yes, yeah. Then two hours, we get two hours before the session, so we might knock off, get home from work. Four o'clock. Yep. yep. We want to have another pretty good snack there. So What's a good snack again? Sorry. Smoothie. S- smoothie. Like detail, yeah. Just a new one, like just something, f- get yeah. options. We might so. get home, we might make a smoothie, we might coconut water, maybe in this one, maybe with some frozen fruits, maybe with some oats, um, toasted sandwich. For some people that might be a bit heavy, but some people can definitely get like a toasted sandwich. What's in it? Tomato, cheese, ham, ham is that cheese, right? tomato, yep. pretty simple. Um, another one might be like banana and peanut butter on some toast. And again, it might be having that with um, a bit of milk or something there just to kind of get a bit more hydration in, get a bit more protein in. Um, a lot of dairy and I love dairy, but what if you don't like dairy? Yeah, I mean, if you don't like dairy, we can go the soy milk option or we don't have to have that. So we can, you know, omit that. But if you do like it, soy milk can be a really good option for someone who um, is going with a plant-based milk. And and then, you know, an hour out from the session, 30 to 60 minutes out, you'd want to have like a primer. So that's where that's that really kind of simple, like we were talking about, you're running onto the track and you're getting your, your dried fruit or your fruit or your pretzels or your sarkatas. So kind of like in in the four hours before a session, you want to kind of have three occasions of eating. So what I'll often see is someone's had one. They've had a meal four hours before and then there's nothing and then they're gassing or tanking or feeling really fatigued where it's trying to train them to have a strategy so they know how to adjust. Okay, well, it's four o'clock today. So, you know, lunch, if it's around 12, I'll get my snack and then my primer and I'm sweet. Whereas if it's a six o'clock training session, and they're still using the same strategy. That's an extra two hours there. So it's nearly where we're adding that extra option in or we're bulking it out so it's a bit more suitable. So yeah. fueling framework, four hours out, meal four, snack two, primer 30 to 60. What's a primer, sorry? How do you describe what a primer means? So primer is purely something that will prime the body, which is purely your carbohydrate foods. So your fruit, your dried fruit, maybe this is where the lollies might pop in. Again, like I'm not saying every day, but something that is purely little carbohydrate. Hit. Little hit, pick yourself up, off you go. So a very small amount, just a little handful. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So then you go out, you have a big session. What if it's a what if it's only a light session? Do you pull back on the food four hours out? Yeah, look, if it's a recovery session, it's it's probably less of the carbohydrate component. Or it may be just two of those three options. So, yeah, if it's just, you know, captain's run style of session versus your main session, we do have different strategies. But, like, the principles do stay the same. It's just more the amount or the size of the composition. So if you're going to strong Pilates, our friends there, or you're going to the gym and just doing a workout, upper body strength, lower body strength, or you're going to just do some cardio, you're running around the tan, or, you know, you're in Sydney running, you know, Bronte to Bondi, that is the routine and or you go on a foot whatever footy training that is the perfect you know routine prior to that workout at six o'clock 
Yeah, if you are, if it's sixty minutes or more, and you're training at a high intensity, they're definitely what you should be looking to do. There you go. Mm. There you go. Yeah. And then after, because it's going to be, you know, you, you finish up at seven thirty. Okay, you're probably ready to go to bed at about nine. These blokes go to bed pretty early, and ladies out there as well. What are we eating mm. afterwards? So you you probably be pretty hungry after that workout, but you also have to get to sleep. Totally. So I want you to link the sleep component now with nutrition. What are we doing here? This is where it kind of, you know, can get confusing for people because it's like, well, aren't I not meant to eat after this time and what am I meant to do here? Whereas recovery takes priority over having two to three hours from eating your main meal to sleep because if sometimes things just don't have the capacity to fit in, it's like what's the hierarchy? So, you know, the other thing I often see is people skip meals because they have trained really hard and as you know, it's quite hard to eat when you've really just busted your backside. But what then we'll often see is this flow over effect the next day. You're just starving, starving yeah. you're, you're cooked, you're exhausted, all of the above. So this is where this training yourself comes in. So ideally you've had something prepped, you know, so you just home, eat it, get have a shower, start to wind down. So pasta dish, a rice dish. If that just sounds too heavy, like maybe it is something a bit more simple like eggs on toast with some veggies, like an omelette style. Um, you know, we still want those kind of elements I've touched on, but you do have to look at what can I physically eat? What am I going to start to kind of improve? Um, but yeah, I guess the take home message is if you've trained late, you still need to have a proper recovery meal and then, you know, have your shower, wind down and, and get to bed. But look, in the ideal, if you can control mealtime, bedtime, the ideal from a sleep hygiene point of view is two to three hours in terms of eating it, digesting and, you know, having the best of both worlds. So eat two to three hours prior to putting the head on the pillow. If you can. And why is that? So it has to do with like how much you're like digesting. So if you've eaten a big meal, you're in bed, you're digesting it, it can really kind of like impact your ability to get to sleep. Um, and it's also just, yeah, it comes into this like sleep hygiene. So nutrition's not the only factor that influences sleep, you know, alcohol, what we've eaten across the day. <laughs> Um, screen time, but it's one kind of key piece that can can influence like how we get to sleep and depth of sleep. There you go. Well, if you're a tradie out there, we've I've just done you a huge favour. <laughs> I thought there's probably so it, it fits a lot of people a tradie. Um, thank you for that. That's great, and it gives everyone a bit of an idea of what the day should look like. Mm. There's there's comp, you know there's options there, and back to what you're doing now. The beautiful thing about eat like the elite program is that you can taper what their lifestyle looks like and their programs and their exercise and or whatever they look, whatever they're doing, you have the ability to kind of go, Oh, you don't like that. Well, let's mix it with this. That's the beautiful thing about signing up to your program, isn't it? Totally. And you know, I think it's really good that we've kind of touched on, I know I can get very like, well, these are the, the elements I call them, but the nutrients, you know, I know I talk a lot of protein, carbs, colors, healthy fats, but I do that but provide a lot of real-life examples because I really believe that if you know your four main elements, which is the ones I've touched on, protein, carbs, colours and healthy fats, you know what foods contain them and then you look at how you like to eat and you understand what they do, it's honestly the most important nutrition lesson you will learn because you will then start to be like, 
oh, when I've done this, that's why I feel so amazing because I've ticked those boxes or I feel like shit and that's because I've skipped this or I haven't (laughs) eaten for five hours or I had that massive double yesterday, didn't eat after and like there's this consequence. So like it nearly starts to kind of connect the dots and create this self-awareness. So yeah, it's all inside Eat Like the Elite, but um you know, plenty of free content that we put out on on my Instagram and um, potentially in some other new places coming soon. Yes, there is. And if you ne- if you need some of this content, it is. I've told Spendy. I don't know why she 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 should be charging <laughs> everyone for this a subscription fee. It's amazing. So head to uh, your Instagram page. Uh, your handle is it just your name? It's uh, Jess underscore Spendlove underscore Dietitian. There you go. The underscores they can get you sometimes. <laughs> so make sure you. Head online on Instagram after this and check out what Jess is talking about. Now, I want to be devil's advocate, right? I've heard a lot of people talk, you know, I've got a lot of mates that have all these ideas and ask me, and I've got no idea because I have to ask you. Fasting. You've just touched on what it looks like. People think, nah, nah, fast till 12 and mm. smack food till 6, mm. right? What's your feedback to that? Yeah, what is your fe- what's the go there? I'm all about whatever works for the person. But when people tell me they do that and then I'm like, okay, well, what are you actually doing in that six hours? And they're just doing whatever they want, eating whatever they want. It's like that isn't actually optimising how you feel. So that can be a means of potentially like controlling their energy and managing their weight. But when we're talking about like optimal performance, which is what I'm all about, like, you know, on the sporting field or in the boardroom or just – getting around on the day-to-day, feeling your best, looking your best, I can guarantee that's not ticking all those boxes. It's a management strategy. It can be a way to offset or to control or give yourself excuses to eat what you want, you know, put some bumper bars on it, but it's certainly not about optimal performance. So people would do that, might be wanting to look leaner, but they wouldn't be feeling good, would they? No. And, you know, if you're someone who trains in the morning, fasting isn't going to work for you because getting some recovery nutrition in is not only going to help the adaptation to the training, whatever that might be, getting stronger or just getting fitter or, you know, just, again, feeling your best. And what you will find, there'll be that kind of overflow consequence. So I get a lot of people saying, oh, what about this compared to that? And I'm like, what's the flow on consequence of doing this or that? If you do this, how will you feel later that day, the next day? It's kind of like the ripple effect. Whereas if you do this, what is it? And it's kind of taking that more global approach. You've seen so many athletes and people in your life so far. What's the one common thing that you just always hear and see and you're like, oh, not again, but it's just a common theme if there is one. If I think about high-performing behaviours, which I'm like, which I know work, one of them is fueling for the work that you're going to do. So, you know, professional athletes, they come in, they have to train early in the morning. So if you're not a breakfast eater, that's a really hard shift to make because you're out busting your backside for three hours and you've, you've not got any fuel on board. So I think this, this um, notion that we just kind of eat after we train, I don't think people pay as much attention to what they do at the front half of the day. So for anyone, even if you're like not an active person, but it's just like you go to work and you want to feel your best, if you're off the wagon, feeling like crap at the end of the day, craving sweet foods, having a massive dinner, that's a byproduct of what you're not doing at the front of mm. the day. So we want to look at that front half. So that's probably, yeah. There you go. It's well said. And what about um, a real high intense workout? I used to really struggle with, you know, I was in I was in rehab there with my, my left calf tendon for a good chunk of the year and I had to do a lot of high intensity training sessions. 
And if I had breakfast, I'd throw it up, right? Mm. And it was a, just a horrific feeling throwing up breakfast. So I just started having nothing. Mm. Now, probably the wrong thing mm. to do. Should I have been getting up earlier and trying to get that meal in so it would get down my stomach? Or what's your, what's your feedback to someone in that scenario? So, yeah, there's a few things. I mean, like to that point, that's really unpleasant. You don't want to be feeling sick, vomiting. So understandable why you'd skip. A few things there. One, liquids can be a really good way because they digest a bit quicker. And the other thing, if if that's something that you've always struggled with, like taking the approach, I'm going to have something. While there's ideals, it's like progress over perfection. So, um, you know, having something, you know, when you were living in the East or wherever, like it was a bit of a drive in, having something on the way rather than when you got there, even if it was a piece of fruit, smoothie, something like that. I had that. a coffee, to be honest. Yeah. I just said have a coffee just so I could lean up, but it was yeah. probably the wrong thing to do, <laughs> wasn't it? A banana would be a not a bad, I'd have a banana. Yeah. Banana was the only thing I could really have. Yeah. Is that enough? Look, I can't remember. I can't touch on, you know, how long the sessions were, but it probably wasn't enough, but at least it was something. Yeah. Um, the, the thing I wanted to say there was though, like, whoever you are, like, say you've never been to the gym and you're like, I want to go bench press a hundred kilos. You don't walk into the gym and do that straight away. You get a training program, takes months, et cetera. You want to run a marathon and you're not a runner. You've got to go through a full training program. So training yourself to eat the way you need to is the exact same approach. It's training yourself to tolerate more. And I guess, you know, what I'll say is you can train your gut and your brain to trust the process and know what you need, but it's just taking little incremental steps. And it's also playing around with a few different options. So you know, for yourself, it might have been coffee and a banana, a few weeks, and then maybe we might have dialed it up to, I don't know, again, like a smoothie or maybe it was a piece of toast, white toast, very fast digesting with banana and honey on top. So we just kind of slowly train it up um, because while eggs on toast with avocado might be an amazing breakfast, if you're on the bike, <laughs> gassing yourself in the next oh, the assault minutes. Bike. Oh, the assault <laughs> bike. Don't even just mention it. I'll, I'll throw it right now. <laughs> You know, th- that's where that, again, that fueling framework comes in. Like if you're having a meal 90 minutes before when I've said you need it for four hours, it's just too close. The food is physically still in your stomach. It hasn't digested and that's why it's coming up. So, yeah, it's uh, knowledge is power and it's, yeah, but just trust the process. You can train it, but you've got to have the information and the knowledge on how to do that. Just on that, because a lot of people out there, they get up and they get to these five 30 or 6 a.m. sessions, like first thing, they yeah. wake up, go straight to the gym or the, the whatever the workout is. It's very tough to get something in your stomach there, isn't it? So what do you – because, you know, you're trying to get yeah. the workout in so you feel good for your for your day. Yeah. But also you, you don't have enough time to get up. Totally. Because you want more sleep. So what are you saying to those people? So if you're doing, say, it's like a 45-minute session, yep. you, you can get away with not having anything. That, Why is that? Because you can – 45 minutes, you can work at a pretty high intensity without needing something immediately ah, feel, on board. Yeah, you, you got enough fuel from last night. dip into last night. Once you push past 45 minutes, you do start to like kind of fatigue, whereas where that would have benefited. So again, it's something easy. Maybe it's like some dried fruit on the way in the car, sultanas or apricots or fr- um, like dried apple. Dried mango is a good one. Or again, it's half a banana. It's just something. So like you can definitely get away with the training session without it. But if you're particularly wanting to put on size, put on muscle, you want to be trying to force something into something little. Like again, yoga pouch, piece of fruit, just to start that process, you'll get more out of your session and then you recover. But if you're going to a Pilates, a yoga, F45, you can get away without having something for sure. That's that's probably the 45 minutes is that, you know, 
the minimum amount or sorry, the maximum amount that you could train for without anything. It's brilliant. I've, I've kind of touched on nutrition with exercise. What about if I just get rid of exercise? Now I know you shouldn't do that. I, I, I don't know why you would, but some people just, mm. they don't, you know, maybe they go for a walk, but you mentioned a lot of food and carbs mm. and all that. Is there anything that you then taper towards that person? You know, maybe they're a little bit older. Mm. Um, their body's just not up to all yeah. these exercises that we can do when we're younger. Is there, uh, like, are you pulling carbs out of their, their nutritional plan? I'm not pulling them out, reducing them. Um, you know, the one thing I see, I see people when they want to lose weight, maybe they're injured, maybe they don't like to move, whatever it might be, and they want to cut carbs, you know. And my thing to that is that whole idea I said before of what's the consequence of doing that. For example, steak and veggies for dinner, you know, steak and greens, are you then getting hungry after dinner and are you then in the snack pantry on the <laughs> sweets versus if you had one potato or a little bit of rice, say a quarter of the plate, and you're a bit more satisfied and then you weren't doing that. So it's not about cutting them out. You don't need as much, that's for sure. The protein and the colours become the focus, but you still – so, you know, your steak, your chicken, um, tofu if you eat that, your dairy, that's the focus, as well as your um, your fruits and your veggies – Still want the the bread, the rice. It can still sit there, but it, yeah, it's not as not as much if you're not moving as much. I tell you what, Spendy, I'm going to ruin all our segments. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a thousand shows coming your way, so I'll hold my questions because we've got some exciting news to tell everyone. Thank you for touching on a few of those ones. I've got to hold myself back here. I'm getting a bit <laughs> excited. Do you want to tell everyone what we're going to be doing? So very exciting news, everyone. We are going to be launching a, a spin-off, I guess, podcast series. So Aces Nutrition is coming your way. So hopefully you've liked what I've touched on here because you're going to be hearing about it more. Um, yeah. And we're going to break in a lot of categories. We had a survey that we put out about four months ago. Uh, we've been working our backsides off to get this done. Obviously, Jess is based in Sydney. I'm in Melbourne and uh, I'd say you're very busy. I pretend I'm busy. Um, but we've finally got together and we're going to you know, get some of these episodes out. And um, yeah, we're going to put out a fair few and get some feedback along the way. And it's been very, I mean, just massive thank you to the ACES community and all your followers as well, Spendy. We had, you know, hundreds of people fill out the survey and it was quite, you know, it wasn't the easiest one. It was quite long mm. and we wanted it to be like that so we can get a lot of feedback. And uh, there's a lot of questions and we've kind of, I guess broken down the top five to start and then we'll get some more feedback along the way. So Aces Nutrition is the podcast that we're going to launch together. Yep. Uh, I'm going to be asking a lot of the questions on behalf of, I guess, the Aces community and everyone out there that wants the answers to it. And Spendy is going to be the specialist she is in answering uh, your questions. And uh, there's a lot of things that we're going to do along the way, but I'm quite excited. Yeah, it'll be good. I mean, like you said, it's a podcast for the people, it's what they want to know. I can sit here going, I've done this and worked with this pe this person and this team and whatever, but this is about breaking it down. It'll be technical, but it'll, it'll be practical. So it's something which we want people to learn, know, and, and you know, know that it's a evidence-based, but it's something they can walk away and do, you know, rather than the old Dr. Google, which is just a mixed bag of whatever comes up there. We want value, right, Spendy? We want value. Well, we we've always value. We've always <laughs> said entertainment, inspiration, and education at the Oz American Aces, and I feel like this will be a lot of education. Hopefully, it's very entertaining along the way. I'll be asking a lot of questions, 
For example, to give you a glimpse of what we're going to be talking about, it could be gut health, it could be you know muscle putting on muscle mass, could be losing body fat, it could be alcohol, the side effects. You know, we all love a drink, but what's the you know what should we be doing? What's actually happening to our bodies? Uh, there's 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 thousands of topics that we're going to go through, and we're going to really break them down. So. Uh, are you happy with Ace's nutrition? Or oh, the name was just I just stepped I kept it basic. I was I had a few, but it was the hardest. But you know, we wanted short, sharp, sweet. I mean, it connects with everything you're doing. It is about nutrition. I think, yeah, happy days. Happy days. And look, I want to just mention your program again for anyone out there that um, really does need some help. Uh, that's why you've gone out and you're doing this on your on your own, and and you you know you've just launched it. Where are we heading and what are the services? What are the, What does it cost? Let's break it all down. Yeah. Are there tiers? What are we doing here? So my website's the best place to see it all. So jessicaspenlove.com. Pretty easy to find with my last name. So jump on there. And then Eat Like the Elite is my baby. I feel like it's my, my life's work. So it's literally everything from the last 25 years. So from little Jess when she was swimming into seeing the dietitian, into the uni, into the 35 seasons in pro sport over the last decade into wanting to spread that message, you know, to the people now, like just get it out there what I've learned. So Eat Like the Elite is the program and then there's three tiers. So there's something for everyone. There's your baseline, which is the people that just want the info and I'm going to go and do it myself. There's the premium tier, which is I want a bit more support. I want a Facebook community. I want live Q&A sessions. I want to ask me, want want to have access to me and be able to ask questions when they like. And they'll also get access to additional recordings like masterclasses that I'll run. And then for my people that are like, I want it. I want access to you. And I also want you to be able to check what I'm doing. You want the VIP tier where you get a quarterly meal plan. You fill out what you're doing for a week, your training and your nutrition. You send it to me. I give you comments, feedback, other recommendations and send it back. So that's kind of as good as it gets rather than, you know, then investing and working in like a premium coaching program, which, you know, it's a big time commitment and energy commitment from both parties. So yeah, Eat Like the Elite is where it all is and it's um, something for everyone there. There you go. And the the tiers, what do they all cost just for people out there? So baseline is 49 a month, premium is 69 a month, and the VIP is 149 a month. There you go. And they always say invest in yourself. So if you want to invest in yourself, your body, uh, into to nutrition, Spendy's worked with everyone. That's the beautiful thing about uh, Spendy and why where we're linking up is there's the sports side and there's also the people side and you've worked with you know numerous of people and corporates and you've done all these kind of keynote presentations you've put it all into one for the people and I think you're going to get a lot of our aces listeners they're going to jump at this because I couldn't I couldn't tell you how many people have asked me just little questions on the way and I'd probably message you and say hey what's the end <laughs> they think I'm a superstar but yeah there you go aces nutrition with Jessica Spenlove Coming your way, um, Tommy Talks with Jessica Spenlove, first female guest. It's great to see you. It's great to get this one out the way. And I think we just di- we dived into a little bit of what's coming. And I think Benny Mack, I hope he doesn't mind us using his name there. We've just, if any sparkies are out there, we've just given you Benny's routine and his nutritional plan, haven't we? He's flying. It's just, you know, people like that motivated need a bit of structure, a bit of tips, strategies and frameworks, which, you know, is what it's all about. It's not downloading what old mate's doing or this PT's doing or whatever, learn the key principles and apply it to your life and off you go. There you go. Now, you don't come on the Tommy Talks without a, without a little uh, present. Here we go. Right? So we've got our little Rick's and Retirement segment. 
And I'd love to ask you, because you're well-traveled, you've been around. Now, these are for you. These are the Rick's Eyewear Brookfield Gloss Black with a green mm, lens. Fancy. They are fancy. They are for you. So Thank you. They are on the house. Anyone out there that Treat. needs a pair of sunnies this spring, we've just got some new ones in. I've seen some photos, and I'm very excited. We do... All kinds of shapes and sizes, but yeah, anywhere I wear. So, Spenny, you can throw them on for this segment. I'm going to ask you the question that we always like to ask our guests, Rick's yeah. and retirement. Here we go. <laughs> Once Eat Like the Elite blows up and gets a- bought out by billions of dollars, yeah. for billions of dollars, I should say, where would Jessica spend love, love to take, <laughs> love, there you go, her Rick's and retire and why? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know if I'll ever – retire I'm someone who loves to work but what I'm trying to do I guess is like scale it back which is the whole why I'm out of professional sport now because it was a six or a seven day a week thing so look for me I'm a Sydney gal and I love it it's um but you know capacity to travel work from where I want do a bit of consulting work on my program um but yeah I, I like to use my brain so I don't know if I'll ever fully switch it off so where would you be then if you were if, Sydney yeah, Sydney, but we frequent trips to the old Europe. Got to got to love a European trip, and then you know some America trips in there as well. But yearly European travel, wouldn't say no to that. Where's the one place in Europe you take the ricks? Oh, Italy's speaking to me right now. Oh, geez, don't get oh, me started. The old Amalfi. <laughs> How many people are on Instagram just putting up European summer flicks? Oh. You just almost want to block them for a month. Totally, yeah. Well, but. there you go. Well, look, as I said, everyone out there that wants a pair of Rixies, we've got the discount code ACES, 20% off and free express shipping. Um, Spendy, thanks for your time. I uh, really appreciate you flying down for this one. And like I said, ACES, we've got a nutrition show coming your way. It's going to be very exciting. So sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the show because it's coming very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please feel free to hit us up on our social channels at Osmerican Aces. If you're entertained, inspired, or feel more educated, please share it with your friends and family because we appreciate the support. Righto, catch you on the next one.